Hi, and thanks for listening to LockPod. I'm Katie Ringsdor, and today I'm joined by Max Rofaga. He's the CEO of Finimize. We've been talking about the world's largest investing community and how the landscape of investing has changed. Max, thank you very much indeed for joining me on LockPod today. Um, as usual, I really like to start by getting my guests to kind of do a bit of an introduction. So take it away, introduce yourself and Finimize. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, so my name is Max. I'm the founder of Finimize, and uh, we're building a modern financial information platform and community uh, for really today's uh, retail investor. Uh, so uh, we have a team of analysts who produce really high quality content every single day uh, to help you make smarter investment decisions. And you can consume that content through text and through audio uh, in our mobile apps and uh, our newsletter. And then we have a really, really active and amazing community uh, of uh, people who meet all over the world now, obviously virtually. Um, and last year connected more than 30,000 people that way. This year are going to connect uh, 60,000 people making us the largest financial gathering in the world, which we're really excited about. And overall, we have more than a million members uh, across uh, across the world. So that's us in a nutshell. It's amazing. And you've gone to a million con- or customers very, very quickly. How's the um, pandemic and lockdown kind of impacted your business? Because I'd imagine, you know, investors certainly now, you can't go out to get advice so much. So people are relying on, you know, apps such as yours. How's the pandemic impacted your business? I think, um, I guess, two parts to that. So number one, we have multiple revenue streams. Uh, so when the pandemic hit, uh, one of our revenue streams uh, we got a little, bit, a little bit worried about because it was advertising. Uh, we also have a consumer subscription um, revenue stream, and that thrives. Um, luckily, the advertising business um, ended up working quite well throughout the pandemic, um, but uh, that was definitely something that we were initially concerned about because obviously a lot of companies uh, sort of freezing their marketing budgets. Uh, so that's com- completely... Um, relaxed and, and interestingly we're actually now seeing people spend more than they did before because uh, i think there was a little bit of catch-up to do um, in terms of uh, getting your brand out there uh, and then in terms of uh, user behavior uh you know we saw certainly i think in the sort of the beginning of the year uh, february march uh, we saw record levels of engagement um, people were really coming to us uh, really uh we're basically just taking every piece of content we put out there and uh, and reading it top to bottom or listening to it start to finish. Uh, because I think there was a lot of noise going on. People were a little bit, uh, um, perhaps there was a little bit of FOMO going on. People really wanted to be in the know. Um, and so so it was really interesting to see how those like engagement levels really spiked um, as a result of everything that was happening around us. And the content that you share, because um, I've actually got your app and I'm, I'm one of your members, um, but you've got a, such a different amount of content on there for various different uh, levels of investment for people that are kind of just want to learn more about, for example, how Netflix works through to, you know, detailed information around cryptocurrencies, etc. How do you source that level of, you know, quite complex content um, and generate it so that, you know, people like me can actually consume it in a way that's manageable? Well, we have uh, exactly for that. We have a really, really amazing analyst team um, who we hired, who previously worked in large finance institutions like Goldman Sachs, like Fidelity, like Bloomberg, and they basically take or, or they bring all the expertise uh, to the table, and they help us uh, really make sure that 
we deliver valuable, high-quality content to members like yourself. Um, and that can range. You know, that can really range from from multiple topics, as you mentioned. And and how we go about then producing that piece of that, that content is that we try to be very, very community-driven. Right. So you know, you could you could reach out to us um, either through the multiple channels that we have, or if you're part of some of the, the community groups through chat groups that we have, um, we start, try to be very, very close to, the, to, these, um, to these groups and really understand what's top of mind, what do people want to find out more about, and how can we help? And you were mentioning um, some of the team that you have there and your analysts. How do you recruit? Because I could, I'd imagine, I mean, obviously you guys are a fintech and coming from some of these big corporations, you know, they've got big salaries. How do you attract talent and retain talent? Yeah, I think for us, what's really helpful is that we, from day one, have defined a really, really clear mission um, and that mission, as a side note, is we want to empower people to become their own financial advisors because we believe at the end of the day uh, there's an information asymmetry uh, where the finance industry is keeping up the barriers so that the information doesn't flow into the hands of the end consumer. And we want to change that. And I think that resonates uh, with a lot of people specifically in the, in the finance industry, interestingly, because they've seen it from the inside and they understand um, how much potential there is really to change things for the better. And I think that resonates and people then feel like they want to be part of a larger, a larger purpose and a larger mission. And that's, I think, primarily what's allowed us to attract great talent and also retain that talent. And obviously with the success uh, you know, of the business going to a million users already, uh, I'd imagine you're on a massive growth mission at the moment. How big's your team at the moment and kind of if you've got big plans to, to build further? Yeah, so we've, we've kept things very lean. Um, so we're like 20-something people um, and have the way that we've kind of hired is we've really tried to make sure that we, we think about it a little bit like a sports team, right? So, I mean, football is obviously top of mind with, with the Euro Cup. You know, there's only 11 players that can go onto the, onto the field. Um, and so, you know, you need, to have, you need to make sure that you have the best 11 players. Um, and so we kind of think about that in a similar way, you know, there's certain positions that we need to, that we need to fill and can we get the best person to fill that position? Uh, and I think if you have that mindset, then you can actually achieve quite a lot with a fairly small team. Um, and that's kind of the philosophy that we've been pursuing. And to the second part of the question, um, yeah, we are continuing to grow. We, we, we're continuing to grow across also new functions um, that are becoming more and more relevant. Um, we're building out our product quite a bit um, to further help um, the end consumer make some other decisions with their money. And um, so we're really hiring across multiple teams with new functions that are, that are arising to, to, to cater to all of that. Sounds very exciting. And uh, you were mentioning your content a little bit earlier on. I'd love to know, because obviously there's a lot of stuff to kind of read and digest as a consumer. Um, but there is the community element of Finimize. And I'd love to know, kind of, are you seeing any kind of trends uh, in questions and concerns from, from your customers? Or is it quite varied? I think we... I think there's a... It tends to be... There's like a couple of things that are really top of mind. Um, so whether that's, you know, the beginning of the year, everybody was talking about... Uh, 
GameStop, etc. That obviously was top of mind. Uh, and over the last couple of weeks, people have been really concerned about inflation. So that's on top of mind. So there tends to be like sort of a zeitgeist topic that, that, that tends to be top of mind. And then I think below that, uh, you have slightly more like niche topics. So some people are really interested in ESG, so like sustainability. Other people are really interested in uh, vegan stocks as a thing. Um, so it can be really, really niche. Um, but uh, we try to cover we try to cover it all either through the content that we put out or, or also through uh, the meetups that we host. You know, like uh, NFTs was another thing. Uh, and so one of our community hosts hosted a meetup all around NFTs and helping people make sense of those. Um, so we try to really tap into what's, what's top of mind for people, um, sort of broadly speaking, and then also more vertically, um, what are some of the niche, niche topics that people are interested in. Yeah, and I suppose you've got varying levels of expertise of these different investors as well, because, you know, if you're kind of low level with absolutely no clue like me, uh, you know, versus people that have been investing for years and really kind of understand it, kind of, it's quite a broad demographic, isn't it, that you're appealing to? How, um, not necessarily based on the feedback from your consumers now, but perhaps in general, how are you seeing the landscape of investing changing? It's, that's, an, that's a really interesting one, because obviously a lot has happened uh, over the last, months and years um, and obviously it remains to be seen what exactly will stay. Um, I think a couple of interesting things that we've observed is number one, there's obviously been way more retail investors uh, that have entered the market. Uh, just to quote a statistic from the US, in the US last year alone, more than 10 million new retail investors uh, started investing. Uh, and if you look at the earnings reports of some of the largest brokerages there, they say that in Q1 alone, they had more new investors come to their product than all of 2020. And so there's this like massive acceleration happening. And the interesting thing about this new cohort and this new generation of retail investors is that they have a different attitude and a different behavior to previous generations. Uh, and so, for, so to give you one example, um, they like to learn by doing. Um, and so I think historically, it's always been the case that, you know, you need to really uh, read all these textbooks and, 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 and take these courses and see a financial advisor, et cetera. But nowadays with fractional shares, for example, you know, a Amazon share costs a couple thousand dollars, but you can buy a hundred dollars worth of Amazon share uh, through fractional share. And so what we're seeing is that people are using these tools to, as, as I think they would say themselves, get some skin in the game. Um, and that way, really pay attention to what's happening. And that's then what will motivate them to inform and educate themselves as they go along. So there's this like learning by doing mentality. Um, and then obviously there's a, there's a very different sort of mindset also in terms of what we're now starting to see, for instance, with meme stocks, right? Uh, where there's a lot of emotional um, components in, in, in what's happening there. Uh, and, and I think that's, that's going to be interesting because I wonder how all of that is going to pan out when the markets start going into the red, um, which for sure they will do at some stage, uh, that's a given. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how that emotional side of things will, will develop and if it will persist. I think what what will definitely persist is that uh, there's a there's a new kid on the block, uh, and that's this, this modern retail investor, 
they will stay uh, for sure. And because of the different infrastructure, like I was giving the example with fractional shares, there is a also new behavior that we're observing. Uh, there's been a lot of talk, maybe as a final point, uh, in, the, in, in the past couple of years around just really putting your money into passive investments. Um, and I think what we're, what we're seeing now is that there's a larger demand for active investing, um, i.e. Uh, not just putting something into a robo-advisor or into a passive fund, but actually taking a little bit more, um, even if it's just part of your portfolio, it doesn't have to be obviously everything, but even if it's just a slice of your portfolio, taking more active role. And I think that's, that's definitely something that I would think is, is, is uh, here to stay, at least for the next couple of years. Yeah, and that's really interesting what you say, actually, about the emotional element of it, because certainly before, I mean, I've not done much in the investment space at all, but now, as you say, it is far more emotional, and it will be fascinating to see kind of how that changes. And obviously, with that, um, you know, emotional side of things and the community element of what you do, how do you kind of see Finamize changing and evolving over the next, I don't know, what, three to five years? Mm. So... As I said at the start of, uh, of our conversation, the way we can think of ourselves is as this platform and community for the modern retail investor. Um, and the way that we view the market is that there's been a lot of innovation um, through infrastructure and tools, you know, zero paying zero commission when, when you go to a brokerage. That's reduced barriers to entry. Factual shares we talked about, that's reduced barriers to entry. And so I think if you think about it, like on a, on a holistic ter- uh, on a holistic level, um, access is a key term, right? Like phase one of democratizing financial markets has been all about access. And I think there we've seen a lot of innovation. I think phase two is, is going to be all around uh, getting access to information um, and getting access to high quality information. Currently, there's a, I think a big vacuum there. Um, and that's why we're seeing the rise of these pseudo finance gurus that are popping up on, on, on YouTube, on TikTok, on Reddit. And I think that's really phase two. And that's where we want to play a major part in. And how do you know, as you were saying there, you know, there's a lot of information out there. There are a lot of people claiming to be experts in, you know, financial advice, etc. Um, how do you know kind of what content to trust? And is an element of it kind of a bit of gut instinct or, you know, is there more of an educated approach you should take to, and I'm talking from a consumer's perspective now, mm-hmm. when I'm watching or listening to something, how do I know what to actually take advice from? I think that's a very good question. And I think you, it's, it's not an easy one to answer. I think the way I would think about it is, and the, uh, the way what, what I would recommend people think about it is, think about the incentives that the person or the company has who's producing the content. And are those incentives aligned with you? Uh, let me give you a couple of examples. Number one, you type into Google, I don't know, what, what are some of the best brokers um, or which ETF is good, where should I put my money into? And then you come to a free website and you might see a bunch of ads on the website and then they have a list and a comparison. Are they doing this just to be altruistic? Probably not. Uh, in reality, a lot of these websites that you find through Google are heavily optimized for SEO, so search engine um, traffic. And they then make their money off the back by introducing you to a broker or to an ETF, etc. And they then get a get either a referral fee or, or, or a cut of the transaction. 
So they're incentivized for you to take action, even if that action is not necessarily the best thing for you. The other thing is, which you're starting to see, is that brokerages, investment platforms, are trying to now get into the information space and education space. And so again, are they doing this to be altruistic? Probably not. They're doing this because they make their money the more active you are on their platform. And so if they can tell you, oh, this just happened, uh, you should now buy in, into this or sell this, they're going to make money by you transacting. And so I think it's always thinking about, you know, what are the incentives for why someone providing information to you and asking yourself the question, are those incentives aligned with mine? Yeah, that's that's very well rounded actually because it's it's so difficult because there's so much information out there. And Max, if um you know somebody's really starting to start out to manage their own money at the moment and they're looking for kind of guidance, what would be your personal advice to people that are kind of just starting out on their investment journey? Yeah, I think I'm obviously very biased, uh, which would be to, to uh, get get finalized and get very involved in the community because I genuinely think specifically the community part is really valuable when you're starting out because you, you can surround yourself with people who not only are just getting started like yourself and can share tips and, 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 and uh, feedback, but also people who have gone through what, you, what you're about to go through and who can share their learnings with you. Um, and so you can obviously do that with Finimize, but you can maybe, uh, if you're lucky and you have friends uh, who are into investing, I would definitely ask them about their learnings and are there any sort of mistakes that you can that you can avoid that they did. Um, and then I and, and then like I said, I think there's there's very little barriers to entry these days to getting started. And you know, just put fifty pounds into to brokerage account and get started um, is certainly one way to do it. Uh, you're not going to get rich from it, but you're also not going to get poor from it. Um, and at least that way, like our community members say, you have skin in the game and you can start to follow what's happening. And that way, learning by doing, start to build up your knowledge, get a bit more comfortable with this whole very uh, mysterious and sometimes convoluted world of finance. Um, and then you can start to you know, up your information level a little bit more and, uh, and and start getting a bit more serious. Yeah, and you're right. And the peer-to-peer stuff's really important because I think, you know, I've had this conversation with a couple of guests in the past, but I found it so interesting that, you know, when I was younger, talking about money and investment, it, you didn't really do it. It wasn't really appropriate to talk about money. And if, as soon as a friend starts to talk about investing, you'd think, woof, you know, they've come into the big bucks. They must be doing well. Whereas now, like mm. you were saying earlier, Max, you know, you, I think pretty much anybody can get involved now. If you've got a little bit of a surplus, you can get involved quite easily. How have you kind of seen the emotion and the attitudes towards discussing money and certainly around investments change in kind of your history? I think people have become a lot more open about it. Um, you know, if I look at our community, people are very openly sharing what they're investing in, even how much they're investing in it, um, either because they want to show to other people what they're doing and perhaps be an inspiration or because they want to get feedback. Uh, I think a couple of years ago, people were very, certainly in Europe, I think people were very close uh, and, and, and a bit reserved about sharing too much information around this topic. Uh, I think that again, uh, as the access has broadened, I think that has changed, um, which I think overall is a big trend because, you know, at the end of the day, 
we're all we're all in the same boat. Uh, and uh, the more transparent we can be, the more we can help each other, and, and the better it is. I couldn't have said it better myself. Well, Max, thank you so much for joining me on Lockpod <laughs> today. It's been really great to speak to you and to learn more about Finamize. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much.